0: Welcome to Truest Blood, the official True Blood podcast. I'm Kristen Bauer and I'm Deborah Ann Woll and you've
1: been invited in.
2: I want to do bad things.
1: Welcome back to Truest Blood, where we sink our fangs into the series episode by episode. This week is
0: all about episode 111, (laughs) entitled To Love is to Bury. It is written and directed by Nancy Oliver. And fun fact, this is her first time directing for film. Did you say it's episode 111?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty close. I'm not as good. As per the title, we explore what our characters will overlook in the name of love, and we learn a little more about where baby vampires
0: come from, Dad. <laughs> yes. We also had the extraordinary pleasure of mm-hmm. speaking with Michael Raymond James. He plays Renee Lignore in the series, and he has quite the reveal at the end of this episode.
1: So without further ado, this week on True Blood...
0: As Bill prepares to make a vampire, we catch up with Tara, who tries to talk herself out of a DUI.
2: I'm an excellent driver, but you cannot prepare for a naked
1: lady and a hog in the middle of the road. Now, you know that.
0: However, Officer Jones doesn't buy it and takes Tara into lockup for the night. Meanwhile, Sookie is still recovering from her brush with the killer, and Sam, ever loyal, is sticking by her side. The following day, they go to Budgie to investigate a similar murder at Big Patty's Pie House. A Drew Marshall is floated as a suspect, and they blackmail a local officer to fax a photo of Drew to Bon Top. On the drive home, Sam and Sookie chat like two peas
1: in a pod, and to Sam's delight, Sookie admits it's not all peaches and cream with Bill. She needed him these past two days, and where was he?
2: I don't know. I'm so mad at him, I
1: could spit. Elsewhere, Amy and Jason get to cleaning up the mess that once was Eddie, which leads to a hell of a fight. The next day, Jason comes semi-clean with Hoyt and Renee, which has him considering whether Amy is the woman he thought
0: she was. Later that night, Bill's baby vamp, Jessica, rises from the grave and takes to her new life as a vampire with a little too much enthusiasm for Bill's taste. It means that I don't have to sit like a lady and I can kill anybody I want. And there's an awful lot of people I'd like to kill. Feeling utterly overwhelmed, Bill drops her off at Fantasia, hoping Eric can straighten her out. Back in Bon Tant, Letty May comes to see Tara in jail, but decides too late to practice some tough motherly love, and all the progress she and Tara had made is shattered. Instead, a vaguely familiar-looking social worker named Marianne offers to take Tara in. Having nowhere else to go, Tara accepts. Back at Sookie's, things get cozy with Sam, and as they begin to
1: kiss, Bill flies through the door irate, but no more than Sookie, who rescinds Bill's invitation and thus their relationship. That same night, Amy and Jason reconcile, and Amy asks him to do V one last time. While they're indisposed, the killer sneaks in and strangles her, and when Jason wakes to find her lifeless body on the bed beside him, He assumes the worst and tearfully turns himself in.
2: This is the worst confession I ever heard in my life. Fuck you, Andy. That's all I got.
1: We end here at the police station on the facts of Drew Marshall, who is none other than Renee Lenure.
0: So I love the title of this episode, To Love yes. is to Bury. I think you could interpret that in a lot of different ways. But for me, as I look at the themes of this episode, it feels like it's like, what, <laughs> what can we bury in the name of love? Right. You know, what can right. we overlook in the people that we love in order to be with them? Because it does feel like right. that's... What our characters are struggling with a yeah. little bit here.
1: Yep, yeah. it's something I've never struggled with, Dad. You know, I'm I'm perfect in this area. Just so everyone yes. knows, like, yes, we I never, never over. Kristen anything.
0: and I know nothing about repression of feelings or anything no, like that. We're no, very totally very Pam in <laughs> yeah. Totally enlightened. That's what it is. We're enlightened. We're enlightened. So the first relationship to to, to sort of touch upon is Tara and Letty May. Yeah. Um, they, they literally use the word love in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fascinating because, you know, throughout their whole storyline together, Tara continually overlooks some pretty mm-hmm. extreme behavior. She does. And then it's this abandonment Right at the end here, mm-hmm. that just seems to be a step too far for her. Yeah, that's an intense scene and, and <sighs> sets
1: up what's coming so well. And Lenny May is, from a certain
0: perspective, correct, and it's the most mm. loving thing you could do. But right? when with their history, you know, I mean, with Tara's point is, I showed up every single time. I mean, how many <laughs> times do you, you think out. Tara's had to go to the jail and bail out her mother? Yes. And the one time that this happens to Tara, her mother won't for her. Uh, oh. I, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, her mother literally says, I love you. And Tara goes, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, my heart. Yeah. And, and that
1: line, what's letting May says, something like, it's toxic for me to have you in my mm-hmm. house or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. God, what a kick in the rear right when you're down, you know? Yeah. And then what's amazing is that we then have Marianne coming in, played by the yeah. incredible Michelle Forbes, who- oh. We hope to be able to talk to as her role you know increases. Yes. Um, but she does the opposite, which is that she gives Tara the benefit of the doubt. She says you must have had your reasons. Yeah. And she oh. assumes that she does and that, you know, and that assumes the best in her. She does. Which is, you know, all Tara wants. So yeah, our our next relationship then to talk about was of course Jason and Amy. They oh. have so much going on and another couple that you know uses the word love claims that they are in love yeah and so i guess the question is can jason overlook kidnapping and murder (laughs) can he bury (laughs) kidnapping and murder in order to be in love with amy yeah and i guess Um, the answer is sure Kind (laughs) of. You'll try one more. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) try one more time. She loves me. I mean. I mean, she's really beautiful. Yeah. And boy, does she have a way with words. She does. She can talk. She could talk me into anything. I mean, so much of that is Lizzie and her performance. Yes. They have this huge fight. Yes. And they're so fantastic, both of them. God, it was never going to be all right. From the minute we took him, you knew that it was going to end like this. You just couldn't face it. I didn't think it would fucking end like this. You wanted his blood bat you were with me the whole way so do not act like this is all my fault now i said to clean up so clean up yankee bitch bitch. dumb fucking hillbilly (laughs) the button on that it's so
1: good because she just holds her position and is like oh please
0: you knew we were going here she staked him She did. I mean, she she killed him. But that's what I mean. You know, it's this idea of actions speak louder than words. So clearly she killed Eddie, which is a violent act. Yes. And Jason throws up, which is a trauma reaction. So we see a little bit more about where their hearts really are. Mm -hmm. But she knows how to twist it around. It's so delicious the way she does it. It's so delicious. Um, and the arc of relationships, right. Where it's like, I see
1: you and you're brilliant and you're evolved. And then it's like, you dumb fucking hillbilly. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yep. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's like a moment of truth for them. It is. And then they have this beautiful V trip sequence when they make up later that night. And we'll talk a little bit more about how that was filmed. But, um, Oh i I mean I it is it's, it's that addict thing of one last time, which is yeah. you know such a cliche, but sort of for a reason, like when um, she says one yeah. more,
1: she goes, "Don't get mad and then he gets mad because yeah. I saved one drop of V, and you're thinking as an audience member, this will be it. He'll throw her out, and then he right he goes, okay. And yeah. You can see the look on his face played so beautifully by Ryan where yeah. she goes, Okay, then I'm going alone. And there's the addict in him that goes, Well, I'm yeah. not gonna let you do that. It's really, really well written. Isn't it so well written? Yeah. That that's a beautiful sequence, mm-hmm. the, the way he throws her into the air yeah, and running through the rain and
0: It's oh, gorgeous. It's, Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was a that was a harness. Uh, they had a, you know the way that we we do that yeah. <laughs> in TV. Yeah. You have a giant crane, yeah. and they would have put a harness underneath Lizzie's clothes and attached yeah. her, and quite literally, practical effect pulled her up into the sky yeah now the stuff at the end they would have cut her out and had her really go very far obviously they didn't you know pull her miles take her to (laughs) mars yeah yes um but yeah that that would have been how they would have done that and it's interesting because even to costume choice is can be determined by what how to fit your harness underneath uh, i know i was just
1: thinking that because i had to
0: do some harness work yeah it's not the most comfortable thing I've ever experienced. So nope. nope. Very, very tight corset underneath your clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the main thing that in my research and, and listening to Nancy Oliver, the writer and director, talk about it was that this was a hard episode because everyone loved Lizzie Kaplan so much. They enjoyed yeah. working with her so much. And she was sort of the most difficult person for them to kill off this season. And then, of course, we have Suki and Sam, and Aww. sort of tangentially Bill. <laughs> yes, it's very all this episode. They're it very, is. very cute.
1: Oh, the way and he it's a daytime looks at episode. Her.
0: Yes, in a know. daytime episode, it's a yeah, daytime, yeah. which is part of, I think, what's going on for Suki, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we think about Suki, you know, there's all this danger that has come into her life, and all these vampire politics, and yeah. is that worth? <laughs> The passion of Bill Compton. I know. Like Bill is the bad boy and Sam is the like puppy dog. He's this yeah, he's so sweet. In fact, so I, sweet. he has this line that makes me giggle every time. You can't spend twenty four hours a day with me for the rest of my life. Sure can. It's oh, so simple. Sam. It's, it's so simple and it's yes. so cute. Sure She's can. just kind of like making a flippant joke and he's like, no, I could. I oh. really could. I it really struck me in that moment as a again really good subtle writing. Yeah. Because here she is sitting with a normal man eating yeah. breakfast like she can't with yes. Bill. Yes. Yes. And so yeah, I can see how that would be appealing in this moment.
1: I know, I can totally see how they ended up, you know, having a romantic moment on the yeah. couch there. I mean, Sam's like being kind
0: of the perfect guy. <laughs> He is my, my, you know, my giggle about Sam always is talking about like burying things in the name of love. Yes. He can overlook almost anything, even the fact that she doesn't love him, the fact that she's deeply in love with someone else. Um, Uh But he really, I mean, he says it was the best day of his life when she walked in looking for a job. And it really must have been because he has got it so bad for her.
1: He's got it so bad. It's so painful. And it reminds me of all the times where I was Sam, you know, mm. where I had it
0: so bad. it It's just excruciating. Yeah. Oh. But, then, but then you can see all those little moments where he's like getting this little tickle of delight that she's not that happy with Bill. It's yes. like a little opening, you know? I
1: know. It only takes the slightest encouragement
0: for us when yeah. we're in that place yeah, to go. Yeah. There's hope. But of course, it doesn't last because this is true blood and we could never leave anyone happy for very long. Bill comes flying in. I think we had a joke a few seasons in about like... (laughs) the like uh uh anti-sex bill (laughs) it's like there's a number of scenes over the years where like bill interrupts coitus like right before he does (laughs) he does for me in the second season so we had this joke that like bill was like the the vampire condom or something the the anti-aphrodisiac um just no sex anywhere in the world unless it's his (laughs) But yeah, he flies in. They have a fight scene, which is very exciting. And Sam actually gets a few shots in, which is against a vampire. So clearly he like he's flips got him stuff. over. I know. It's that was very impressive. impressive. It really, really was. My favorite part is while they're fighting, Sookie goes, stop fighting, you stupid men. I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she smashes him over the head, Phil, and the nine
0: yeah. of doesn't know damage whatsoever. I know they don't even notice, uh but oh, it's such a funny moment.
1: It's such a funny moment, and then up comes my favorite mm-hmm. line.
0: can't you see what he's really like?
1: And how can you even think about being with him
0: Sam my living room's wrecked I've got a killer a vampire and a shapeshifter on my plate right about now I'm not thinking about being with anybody
1: <laughs> that's one of those lines where you need such a great actor oh you do
0: to root that in grounded moment yep <laughs> yep and and writers who know they have an actor who can do that exactly. like they know they have Anna Paquin and yes. so because because you write it going oh I hope I hope you can sell this, but they can do it because they know they have her and they know that she'll give it absolutely everything. That very, very true. And so well said.
1: (sighs) And now for a quick bite movie
0: magic. One of the most intoxicating scenes of this episode is Amy and Jason's V-trip. So just how do we go from Jason's dark bedroom to a sun-soaked rainy lawn? Jason's bedroom was recreated on a truck bed
1: and hauled out to Huntington Library in Los Angeles. Dark panels of fabric called
0: flags are held by crew members to block out the daylight. Then, rain towers up to 20 feet tall are placed out of shot and hooked up to hydrants or large-capacity water trucks. A variance in pressure can create effects from the lightest mist to a torrential downpour.
1: Rain towers can be very loud, so a non-talking scene like this one is ideal. As action is called, the flags are pulled away, the rain towers are turned on, the camera pulls back, and the actors are free to frolic. So, how to make a vampire. Yes, yes, Kristen, where do baby vampires come from?
0: Uh, well, Can Dad, you tell me? Yes. Um, they when come a vampire from, uh-huh. and a vampire love each other very much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when a vampire and a 17-year-old girl love each other very much. Or just met, or you don't want to go into a
1: coffin for a hundred years and go insane. Yeah, it's, okay. it, it's mysterious. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so the basic thing is you have to drain the person and then fill them up with vampire blood and then bury (laughs) them for a day. That's all? Wow. Don't have to water them, nothing. They just come up, vampire. (laughs) You don't got to do nothing. You know, it's kind of funny because I was, you know, now that we're doing the podcast and I'm watching this over and over, I'm like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. So Bill got out of the grave, Mm -hmm. went and cleaned up, right took a shower came back. you know came back went and got some to blood came back <laughs> did not go to see sookie <laughs> did not go to see sookie right
0: Ooh, she better not find out about Ooh, that i know a whole day
1: a whole day and then he's just
0: waiting <laughs> but it's very funny there's a line later where you know bill's trying to explain to jessica uh how you know the process of it and he's like it's very mysterious even we don't know how it works and i was like <laughs> Good plot armor, writers.
1: <laughs> you just throw in,
0: yeah. Just throw in. We don't really know how it works, and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I drained well you,
1: then I fed you. Anyway, it, it's
0: it's. We don't really know, so <laughs> if it changes later, don't at me. You know. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't really see with Lorena. He didn't. We didn't see him get buried, and she fed him when he was. I think Bill says when he was out. He, yeah, when they uh... were on the bed. And so it's a it's a there's apparently a lot of ways to make a vampire. He was dying (laughs) and she fed him. But then you appeared pretty dead. I was really dead in that moment. Yeah, I I guess that was the idea is I was like full on just dead there and he was going to feed me in the grave together and you kick me in. I kick you in. Which is funny. They wouldn't let me do that. They A stunt double did that because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a series regular yet, so they couldn't really beat me up without SAG coming after them.
1: Yeah. But my stunt on the day was, yeah. it was really hard to kick that stunt person into the <laughs> hole because my heels were sinking <laughs> yes. in. I the could the not put any sod. weight on my heels. That's so right. I was standing there trying to balance oh. and it's slightly uphill and it was so hard to be immortal and strong.
0: Well, I got to tell you, Kristen, I, so you intimidated me a little bit when I first met you because you're so beautiful <laughs> and you were yeah. so in character and like, and and I was also, I was young and easily intimidated, but that night, because <laughs> you were so sort of silly and sweet about the fact that you couldn't stand up (laughs) it like shattered all of that fear for me and i was like oh cool (laughs) like someone i can talk to yeah because i literally kept falling backwards (laughs) because you couldn't be cool and immortal and i i needed someone who was gonna be (laughs) you know with me in the in the trenches quite literally yeah that was the
1: beginning then you taught yeah, me Sudoku and we were off to the races <laughs> and our
0: friendship. That's right. But you and Bill have, uh, again, a very iconic exchange during this scene. I find myself doubting whether you were ever truly human. Thank you. Damn you. Oh, and listen to that that music swell i know it's good oh but i love that it's so pam uh she's so pleased by that <laughs> i know she's so complimented by that that's so observation yeah so tell us how yeah. you
1: were buried alive buried
0: alive yeah what'd so you this do is in a, there? this is <laughs> well yeah i had a lot of time to just read and reflect and a <laughs> little little flashlight Yeah. Um, No. So, yeah. So here here was the process on my night. It may have evolved over the years. But um, when I was buried alive on like my second day on True (laughs) Blood, they dug a hole that was deep enough for me to crouch in and still have, you know, a good portion of my head covered. They shored up the sides so that it wouldn't cave in on me. So there were like wood sides to it. Yeah. I crouched in that hole. They gave me a walkie-talkie because they said once the dirt went over, I would have trouble hearing anybody right. else outside. Right. And they buried me. Yeah. Now, when they got up to my neck, they had me cup my hands around my mouth, and they gave me a tube with which to breathe through. Weird. And very weird. Yeah, that's weird. And they told me that right before action, they would pull the tube, but that because I had held my hands there and created a little pocket of air for myself, <laughs> that that would be enough to breathe, and that I would hear action on the walkie-talkie, at which point I could begin rising from the dead. Um, but we did that a couple of times. They just cover me over with dirt, right? So again, it's one of those things where it's like, oh. We need to bury someone alive. I guess we'll just bury someone alive right. we'll bear, as we'll get safely alive, as we think
1: we can. Who's an actor. So they're game. And they're game. We'll, we'll just
0: bury them. They're desperate for work. They're, so. they're always desperate. So then I had to do my big emerging and my scream and oh, I, I found yeah. my script. It says she screams like a baby with a grown up voice. And it has an irritating quality. So oh my gosh. I have to say every other stage direction in the script for Jessica is annoying. She's annoying. She's irritating. <laughs> so I really leaned in, man. I was like, great. I know what my job is. It's to make Stephen Moyer absolutely like cringe, <laughs> hate me. Now, did you practice it at home? The Scream? No, I did not. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had lots of ideas about it because I I knew we were going for, like, vampires in nature. As I mentioned, I looked at animal videos last time. Yeah. And so I wanted something that felt, like, again, like, primal, like, old, like, from another time. Yes. Um, And I had been playing a Nancy Drew computer game.
1: (laughs) Okay, you just ruined, like... Like, I mentioned Sudoku. We just lost so many viewers. They're like,
0: Sudoku and Nancy Drew? If viewers have not yet figured out that I am an enormous dork, then you have not been paying attention. Yeah, and I'm Um, right behind her. Right behind her. (laughs) I was playing a Nancy Drew computer game Mm -hmm. in which you had to identify whale song, like whales based on their song, on their sound. And I was so kind of enamored of it Mm. and so i wasn't trying necessarily to do a whale sound that doesn't make a lot of sense but something in that that very old very hollow and i also went it has that wham of a baby quality but with that lower larynx which felt like a grown-up voice i was like that sort of fits like what they're going for yes every time i did it we live in la the coyotes would join me Ah. So as I'm screaming, there's this, oh, off in the distance. And then like three more would join them. That's so cool. Oh, So cool. But keep in mind, this is 3 a.m. and people live near here. Right. So after about the third time I did it, we started getting calls to set um, shut that girl up, because you're waking up the whole neighborhood, and the coyotes aren't helping. And are you thinking so, like that's an
1: irritating quality? Like I nailed it. I, I nailed it because I'm, I'm no like one the, can stand
0: me. The coyotes are responding <laughs> I'm the best actor and no ever. No one can stand me. This is great. It's perfect. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was not at all mortified. Yeah. Um, but so for the rest of the night, I just, they had me just silent scream. I would just open my
1: mouth oh, my
0: as wide as I could and make no noise, which is the most bizarre oh, so awkward. thing to do. And then, of course, we kept the sound, or I did it in ADR or something later and we added it uh, in post. You know, But we did get a couple of them with my, my full on scream.
1: <laughs> I did love the look on Bill's face. He gives you oh, yeah. a look a few times in this episode. That is just like, oh, this oh is- it's
0: just, <laughs> it's so difficult for him. Um, and I think that's interesting, actually, you know, because Bill, he's a, you know, he's a a, a reluctant maker. He didn't mm-hmm. want to be a maker. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like his maker. He doesn't like what happened to him. And it's fascinating in the conversation between Pam and Bill. They're both making a lot of assumptions about Jessica. right You know? Like any parents do, you know right. Bill is assuming that her experience is going to be like his turning, which was awful. Yeah, Pam is assuming her experience is going to be amazing because yeah. that's how Pam felt about being turned. Yeah, when of course Jessica's experience is much more complex than that. So yeah, I really love this this turn that happens for Jessica oh, here. It's in the this best, Deb.
1: You just nailed it. You absolutely <laughs> you. killed it. Because, and I love the why, why. Why? And then the last why is different. Why? Yes. You know, that was, all of it is just amazing. And this was your, this was an audition scene too, the one where you- Yes, this was
0: the second audition scene that I did. so
1: tough scene to do, so many turns, (laughs) but the
0: turns really sell it. Thank you. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was well-written in that way. Mm -hmm. So this is the first turn for Jessica.
2: You cannot go home that part of your life is over
0: no more mama and daddy no more little sister i'm sorry no no more belts no more clarinets no more homeschool no more rules I'm <laughs> Oh
1: I love that so much. I love it. You throw your arms over your head. Oh
0: my god. Um, yeah. I mean, it's really. Fu- it was really fun. I think. And I, you know, again, a lot of credit to Nancy for writing a very unexpected yeah. making. It wasn't so grim. It was really much more. Uh, you know, there was a lightness to it in some yes, ways. Yes. So I, I found my old script to go through and sort of see what happened. And there is no yee-haw <laughs> oh. <laughs> written. It is wit- It is just written woo. <laughs> so right. crazy Deb in the moment decided that yee-haw, <laughs> I'm a vampire. <laughs> it's great. The yee-haw <laughs> is be, so good. It <laughs> <laughs> would be fitting for a Southern girl. Um it must so, have yeah. just happened
1: in the moment if you I don't, don't remember, remember, right? I
0: do not remember consciously doing that. So at some point, <laughs> Crazy Deb was just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it happened. Um, and was it a fun night filming? Like It was. It was so wonderful. I really had a good time. And and I remember bonding with Steve because, again, mm. I'm a nervous person, especially around other people. And yeah. I-, I think I was timid around Steven and Right you know if we haven't talked about it yet enough, Stephen is the most personable yeah. comfortable, funny oh. person to spend the night with just if you the best. ever just the absolute best Literally. and i every time I had a scene with him, I looked forward to it yeah me too um and that night we really we bonded he asked me about my life and my relationships and how I got the job and why I was here we talked about Bill and you know i we didn't know what this relationship was going to be yet um, Right. for all we knew this was it, right.
2: but he still,
0: you know, even though I, he literally could have never seen me again. And he treated me that night. Like I was part of the family. Uh, the other recollection I had specifically about that section, because I remember someone bringing up to me later. And as I watch it now that I, I pluralized clarinet it's, it's written singular in uh, the, in the script, but I say it pluralized. And I was going through all of my old notes and this suddenly all flooded back to me. I had created this this huge backstory for myself because my process is about like creating attachments to all the different things. So anything okay. that I say, I mean, that list, right? Yes. Mama, daddy, sister, belts, clarinets, homeschool rules. Like I yes. have to have a relationship to each of those things. Okay. Belts obviously says a lot about who Jessica Ooh, yeah. is and where she's come from. Yeah, yeah. So with clarinet, the story that I made was that my parents sent me to the worst clarinet teacher on the, on the planet, the kind that would, you know, wrap your knuckles if you played a wrong note kind oh, oh of thing. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that as an act of teenage defiance, I threw my clarinet in the lake. Oh. And that it meant that my parents then had to buy me a new one and that I got beat for that. Oh. And that and I thought maybe they'd let me stop. But they kept sending me back to her. So as an I, I kept throwing them in the lake, more even belts, though
1: more clarinets.
0: Even though I knew I'd get beat, it was like I had I created this story for myself in my mind that oh, Jessica, so this good. was her one act of like I'm taking control. Yes. right. Yes. If you're going to beat me, it's going to be because I decided it, not because you did. I had a whim. So in yeah. my mind, it was like dozens and dozens of clarinets. Oh my gosh. So again, it, it's one of those moments I really wanted to highlight because sometimes things that sound weird or sound like a mistake or seem like might actually be cooler than that. They might be more than that. And so, you know, always yes. offering uh that perspective on what happens from these things. Cuz it does sound a little a little odd when I listen to it back, but I'm like, "Oh no, I know why that happened."
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so cool. And you know, when I hear that speech, when I saw it again, it's so good. And I did think it was specific mm. because each line, you know, cause it's a mislead and then it's yeah. no more belts, no more clarinets, no more homeschool. Like they were specific beats built. yeah, and that's why, because you had, it was specific to you.
0: Yeah, I had, I had uh, stories for each of those. I'm going to try that. Things. Next job I get, I'm going to do <laughs> my backstray. That's it. Yeah, and again, we're talking about turns. So another really fun turn for Jessica <laughs> so in good. this one so is, uh, this is one of my favorite lines. I, I want to kill people. And I'm so hungry. And all you do is talk. And I'm starving. And you're so mean. And you're supposed to take care of me. That's what you said. And no, oh, you suck. <laughs> That's true. Because yeah, you do suck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. I oh love that so much. It's I, it so was... genuine that moment where you take the time yeah. to find that funny.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's great. Again, it's in that writing. It's because it's those. Turns on a dime that kids mm-hmm. can do, right? Mm-hmm. Kids can be absolutely the worst moment of their <laughs> lives. And then all of a sudden, as excited as <laughs> having the best, best time ever. Yeah, and then um, back again.
1: It, it really yeah, it back is again. a thing with
0: kids, right? Their That's life right. is over. Really is then they're laughing. You're facile that way, You're right? facile. So yeah, what I was going for really was like a toddler because a mm-hmm. baby felt too Young, but like a toddler mm-hmm. a sheltered teenager mm-hmm. um but like on cocaine <laughs> because <laughs> but high on cocaine because, a toddler high but, on cocaine but high on cocaine yeah. because i have all these new powers right and right. They were so specific in the script about like the things like touching the bark of the tree, eating dirt, like I said, eating my tears, that things smelled better. You saw more, you heard more and how intoxicating that would be. Plus like the adrenaline of dying, right? Right. Um, And no impulse control because you're a kid. Yes. So like all of that together just creates this like manic teenager from hell and Bill's face at the end of that scene says it all I was gonna say I have Bill's face in my head
1: (laughs) as you were saying that it's perfect both of you were sublime (laughs) and I know that was just an a bonding wonderful night yeah that started the beginning of quite an arc quite a run yeah and now we got to interview Michael Raymond James. Oh, he's so wonderful. This episode mm-hmm. ends with a big reveal. And Michael stopped by to discuss his thoughts on portraying the secret Big Bad of season one.
0: Well, great. I mean, we'll start just by saying thank you so much for coming and and talking with us. I know it's been quite a while since (laughs) we all did the first season of this show, but obviously we could not do the first season of the podcast without talking to Renee slash Drew himself. It's
2: been about a hundred years, but yeah, it's uh, (laughs) thanks for having me. I'm stoked to see you guys. man.
0: Yeah, it's
1: so good to see you. So tell us first how you got the part
2: for True Blood. I I remember getting the appointment, and it, you know it said Cajun accent, and mm-hmm. I, I mean I'm from Detroit, and there's not a, a lot of Cajun people in Detroit. I mean it, it's a it's a <laughs> right. it's a French city, you know. Once upon a time, Le de Trois, but there's there's zero Cajuns uh, in Detroit, right. so I. I had no idea what a Cajun person sounded like, so I found some examples, and and I found one particular example which I thought sounded cool, and it was it was fun. So I, I kind of went with that, and you know made all the notes on there and and uh, mm-hmm. on the on the page itself, and, and was completely prepared to say those lines, those exact lines in the sure. Cajun accent uh, that I had prepared. Yes. I don't know if it was it certainly wasn't it wasn't a Cajun accent, but it was the one I had. Uh, so I did it. So I did the thing and, and Alan was like, that's that's really great. Uh do, would you mind if, if I gave you a, a, a another scene from a future episode? Oh. Could you could you maybe read that? And I was like, oh. Oh. I, of course you have
1: to say I, yeah. I was like,
2: yeah, of course, yeah, totally. And and he was like, just you, you <laughs> oh know, just my. take your time and you know, go outside and give it a look over and we'll bring somebody else in and then and then oh, we'll have you come wow. back. And I was like, fuck, I haven't. I don't know how to say these words (laughs) with the Cajun accent that I'm bringing. So uh, I I sort of went out into the hallway Uh. and I'm like, I'm running around. I'm talking to, uh, you know, one of the casting associates there. And I was like, do you have a pen? I I need a pen. I have to write on this thing. I have to figure this out. And so they're like, yeah, sure. Okay, here you go. And here's a desk and you can sit over there and we'll just, you know, whenever you're ready, just kind of knock on the door, which which is also a really, really uncomfortable thing to do. Wow. Well, just also out of respect for the other actors in the waiting room and yeah. stuff like that, you just mm. there's no there's no way to not feel like there's a glaring neon sign on your chest that says asshole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, I know. Uh,
1: yeah. So
2: I go out and I'm you know I'm, I'm sort of dealing with that anxiety and and they call somebody else in and I'm scribbling and I'm like I'm sweating and I'm trying to make these new words sort of sound. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> in any
0: I bet you the sweat uh, bet, helped. yeah
2: to, to, well it was Los <laughs> like, Angeles it was probably 172 <laughs> degrees but um I was <clears throat> I was I I, I was freaking oh out trying God. to get like oh, well how do I how do, how does this how's this word gonna sound like the a sounds like this over there and that word and like well that okay that, so I, I I guessed I made my uh-huh. best effort at guessing what these new words would sort of sound like and after two or three people went in kind of ready now and when that last person came out, um I just kind of peeked my head around and I was like, hey, if if they're ready, I'm I'm I'll give this one a shot, you know? We'll run it up the flagpole, see if oh. anybody salutes it. Anyway, so I go back in there and I and I read this this other seed and and I look over and Alan's just kind of doing his nodding thing, you know, where <laughs> he's, well, he's in thought and he's thinking and he's, there's these yeah. thought bubbles coming up, but to me I don't know yeah. him yet and I they look completely looks like the Sims. It's
0: just like <laughs> emojis right. yeah. and exclamation yeah. points. Yeah.
2: And, and he just kind of very calmly was like, that's great. That's great. Thank you very much. You know, and I'm like, ah, fucking screwed yeah. it up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, okay. Yes. All right.
1: Course. Thanks.
2: Uh, I'll see myself <laughs> out. And um, I get home and I get a phone call and they made an offer, you know, and it was
0: oh wow, gosh, gosh. Same the day. same day.
2: Yeah. <gasps> but yeah, it was, it was your, the same
1: day. And your accent was incredible so then how did that evolve once you got it well so
2: once Mm -hmm. literally on that phone call from my my agents and my managers i uh, you know i I said i I need to find a dialect coach now we need to we need to pay we need to have hbo pay was my first thought it was for
0: real yeah yeah and
2: um which <laughs> they declined, but um, <laughs> <laughs> really,
0: that's one thing. Actually, we'll oh, have yeah. to talk about that. None of us had none dialect us. coaches, official dialect coaches, or anyone on set.
2: All and, of it was yes. sort of home brewed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was all <laughs> handmade. It was all handmade. Yeah. It it was. Was all handmade. But um, I did some research. They looked around for me, uh, but I found this guy named Errol Guidry, uh, and I the reason I found him is I was looking up other people who had played Cajuns, and there wasn't a lot. But there, hmm. but Michael Jeter played a Cajun in the Green Mile. And I found this guy, Errol Gidry had coached him in that. So I somehow got in contact with Errol and I had him come over for a meeting to my place. And you know, we, we hit it off and he was great. And so, right. you know, after every script came out uh, and every new draft came out, he was my first phone call. And Alan was really, really fantastic with allowing me and Errol to kind of take a bit of dialogue and, and switch it yeah. around a little bit, you know, because Cajuns change up their mm-hmm. sentence structure, yeah. you know? And so, mm-hmm. you know, they'll say things like, how you doing? You, you know? Um,
1: yeah. I know that that pronoun at the end is fascinating yeah. with the me, you, us. Yeah. It's so distinctive. Yeah,
2: for true. And, yeah. and <laughs> you know, and, and Alan, who is, you know, I mean, he's just this genius, writer, creator, showrunner, you know, who had, you know, done six feet under before this. Um, And I, this was like my first sort of big TV job, you know, and uh, he was, he was so gracious and so cool about me switching things up because I was so, I was so determined to, to, to make it authentic, you know, as authentic as I could. I, in fact, I pitched Alan on this idea that Sort of like in Snatch, I was like, there should be subtitles when I talk, you know, because I, I, I <laughs> right. want it to be so deep.
0: Right. You know, right, I want to go far, man. Yeah. I want to go far. Well, and remind me if I'm wrong, Kristen. I think you've seen, you may have seen this episode more recently than I have, but they actually do find in Drew Marshall, quote unquote,'s car, t- a dialect on tape.
1: Yeah, they uh, find a practiced. box
0: in the so even So even Renee. You know, it's not his natural accent, I, so
2: you have, you have a little wiggle I room can't in there. Tell you how <laughs> right. mad that made me.
0: Oh, that it, was so mad. <laughs> I bet it did. I bet it did. You're
1: like, I hired this guy. Uh, well, I was like, paid him uh, out of my own pocket, and it's a tape.
2: Well, I, I, I sort of, I sort of looked at it like, uh, in, in my, am I not pretty? <laughs> like, is it? Did I, <laughs> did I, I, do did I fuck it up? And uh, you guys are kind of trying to hedge <laughs> your bets a little bit, and. <laughs>
0: I don't think that's it because I think the accent's fantastic oh, I think it's it's to add to the duplicity of drew slash Renee is what I think we, it is mm-hmm. they need we'll we'll to find yeah um, but yeah I mean you're I mean all of that that hard work that goes into it um, and you know we're just talking right now about the language obviously there is a tremendous amount of just actor prep work that Mm -hmm. goes in as well um was there anything specifically about renee or do i mean i'll tell you one thing i love when quote unquote the bad guy or the killer has a romantic storyline i think that's fantastic Mm -hmm. um and true blood did that so well i really love renee (laughs) and arlene and it's so (laughs) sad i know in the end so yeah so for you in preparing what were some things that really jumped out for you
2: I mean, there was so much work just with the sound, you know, that occupied a lot of my stuff. And, you know, I I did know that I was going to be the the killer, right? Like, you know, Alan had pulled me aside and sort of let me in on it, which was, which was really helpful because a lot
0: of times they don't, a lot
2: of times they don't. And, and anybody like Renee um, will be fractured inside like a cracked mirror, you know what I mean? And yeah. So he'll have good parts and he'll have bad parts. We're also talking about a guy who lives around a bunch of vampires. So it's not, you know, but um, a more little bit more wiggle room. Yeah. But so <laughs> I, uh, I just, you know, I wanted to kind of lean into um, this idea that, it, you know, some of that comes from things that are beyond his control and what he can control is, you know, I'm sure he was a very sort of, conservative person in terms of, I don't mean politically, but I, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, he was into Southern genteelness, you know, that is kind of antiquated, you know yeah. what I mean? And the way he would, right. would treat Arlene and the way he would treat her kids, he would try to see himself as yeah. a gentleman. And think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. You know, get down on one knee when you propose and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. uh, he saw himself as chivalrous, you know, Yet I still want to lay in whenever I could some breadcrumbs into his, mm-hmm. his, you know, psychosis, psychotic nature. Um, and, and it was fun sort of trying to find those things. Alan would talk to me about that a little bit. Like what I want here hmm. is uh, just an element of that so that when, you know, people don't see it the first time they watch it, but when they go back and watch it the second time or third time, they maybe Mm -hmm. pick some things up. And so that was, that was for me, the most fun uh, was trying to find those moments where I could kind of add an element of psychotic behavior um, without it reading as Mm -hmm. psychotic behavior. The first time you see it.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Well, let's talk about co-stars. You worked a lot with Carrie. You worked a lot with Ryan. Um, you know, can you share some of those experiences? And we all, yeah, we've all had a lot of fun seeing what they bring to the parts. And, uh, yeah, you got to work really with Oh, my God.
2: Them. I, I love Carrie. I love Ryan. I, I mean, it was, <laughs> working with Nelson was always such a. yeah. I mean, just such a joy. Yeah. You know, rest in peace. He was just, he was just, I mean, yeah. a genius. You know, he was somebody who was- yes absolutely touched so that was always a treat I mean Carrie Carrie and I worked so well together I mean we would crack up all the time yeah I just I remember <laughs> laughing more than anything I remember just laughing all the time yeah um,
1: I just laughed all the time yeah
2: yeah and I re- I would see you Kristen you know all dolled up with your leathers and all that shit <laughs> <laughs> like on a, like
0: on on a, a different, different
2: stage as I was coming out, I was, yes. I was, it was kind of like, like those old cartoons where, like, the, you know, the day shift workers are clocking out and the night yeah. shift workers are clocking in <laughs> yes. and, and everybody's got yes. their lunch pail and, hey, how you doing? Whatever. Uh, it was, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> but, yeah, um, uh. but yeah, you know, and, and Ryan, uh, I worked a lot with him and Jim and it was, it was just, it was it was a lot of, of fun, except for when I had to do the, the killing stuff that for me, that wasn't that wasn't as much fun that when I had to kill Lois, um, you know, granny. I, mm-hmm. I and this was completely unplanned. But when when it, ha- and it wasn't written this way, but when it happened, I started crying. I just I started weeping
0: because
2: mm-hmm. she's so wow. sweet and and gentle and and brilliant and you know she's this um she's this legend in our business um and i was so grateful just to work with her and then just to have to stab her repeatedly while she's screaming no no it was like blood curdling to me but i had to keep Uh. doing it uh and i just had tears coming down my eyes and Alan's was like that's great do that, like let's bring the camera around and get Michael while he's crying. And like now, of course, like not now the tears kind of dry up, but um yeah it was I remember because there
1: was that line where you were you were crying and you say you weren't supposed
2: to be you were supposed to be here, yeah. And it th- that yeah. line was there, but it what it was it was it was written sort of uh, you know, there was no emotion attached to it, you know, and, wow. and it just kind of came out, which was uh surprising um <laughs> and mm-hmm. horrifying.
1: We're talking about in this episode as a theme, the meaning of love. Yeah. And that's so different for a serial killer, right? There's but it, but it still
0: feels like a motivating factor for Drew.
1: Yeah, it's bizarre, right? It I mean, I, I see I hear this with trophy hunters, right? Where they say they never feel as close to the wild animal and they never feel such love as when the life is draining out of it while they hold it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. It's, you know, serial killers of animals, but it's because he probably, if he didn't love his sister, he wouldn't have killed her for being with a vampire. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a bizarre... it's, a, it's a
2: warped way, you know, it's just trying to put yeah. two and six together and come up with peanut butter. You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> yeah. And but to him, that yeah. makes all the sense of, well, yeah, peanut butter, man. You know, that's, yeah. that's a hundred percent, you know, uh, uh, valid conclusion. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, to a a, a, a less fractured mind, it's it makes no sense at all. But to him, it makes all the sense in the world. And you try not to judge that, you know, right?
0: Yeah. Right. When it goes right along with the point about chivalry that That's you right. made, mm-hmm. that he he sees himself as a yep. gentleman, and all of these things fall right in line with his perspective of That's who right. he is. <laughs> uh, even if the rest of us are going, what? <laughs> oh no!
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right.
1: In the jail scene yeah. where Sookie is telling Ryan, I'm, I've am i almost got <laughs> who the killer is. And you're behind her. We know the audience knows because we've seen the facts that it's you. But I swear your body language changed oh. into serial
0: killer. Now, is it's, that it's on- risk- huh? Yeah. Well, I was just looking at – so my dogs, when they get tense, it's that, like, tension at the back of your neck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we don't see the back of your head, but watching you work in that moment, whether you knew you were doing it or not, I see that same little, like, tension. Mm-hmm. The There's no tell. Yeah. There's just that little hackles, and it's so uh, brilliant. Wow. yeah, It was super creepy. That's
2: um, – that's <laughs> That's thank you. That's uh no, that's really nice to hear. I genuinely don't recall the scene, but I, but I, I can say that, that, you know, as we talked about earlier, I was always on the lookout for things. I could, I could, I could breadcrumbs. I could sort of lay yes. down.
0: Well, to that end then, yeah, you know, in that very last episode, the climax sequences, now you get to let full serial killer Drew come out and play, you know, and you're chasing Sookie through a, graveyard with a, you know, all this of going down. Was that more fun because it wasn't killing Lois Smith or was it another aspect of yourself it, to play yeah, with? Yeah, it was or, fun. You know? It
2: was fun because it, it felt like the accumulation of, of all the stuff from before, right? I was, this was the time I right. got to kind of put it all together in one package. And one thing I remember from that episode was that, you know, there's a part where I'm, I'm in a truck and I'm singing mm-hmm. along to the flying burrito brothers Yeah and and that was for whatever reason that was like it's, there's such freedom in that singing along mm. to music you can just get weird and and, and yeah. then you can like you can bring yeah. that you can bring that sort of freedom that you're never more free than when you're singing along to music while you're in your car. You know what I mean? Like there's, Oh
1: my gosh, it's so funny. And so true. It's that perfect
2: little vacuum. 100%. You're just giving yourself a concert, you you know, and it's, yeah. And it's, and it's never sounded more amazing, you know, like.
1: (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Uh, So now do you feel like in genre, speaking of going nuts, how is it different than playing a quote-unquote normal person? Like the freedom of it, the the layers we get to go after. Do you feel like there's a difference?
2: Yeah, the, there's a. I think that there's a difference in from an audience's perspective, but that doesn't change. There's no difference in my approach to it. You know, the approach remains right. the same from obviously from an audience's perspective. It's, it's a little bit different, and you know, the words, the things that you're saying, maybe bizarre in real life. Right. You know, fang bangers and vampires or the words are different, all that shit, but it's the approach is the same. And the words kind of float on top of, you know, the work, right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It does seem like sometimes, you know, we've been talking about the extra grounding though, that it requires that because you are talking about things that are a little, you know, out of the ordinary that it, it requires potentially a sense of belief that is a little bit stronger, a little bit more
2: Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I hear what you're saying. And uh, I, you know, but, but for me, the, the belief was no more different for Renee talking about vampires than he would be talking about another ethnic group or something. You know what I mean? It was, Mm -hmm. it was as real as peanut butter again. You know what I mean? Like it was just, mm -hmm. it was natural, (laughs) Um, you know, and and I, I was by, by virtue of the sort of role, I was able to kind of lean in, to focusing so much on the sound uh, you know, the accent mm-hmm. that um, you know, making that sound real kind of was a a blinder for me. Everything else was, was able to sound real because of you, you know, the, the words mm-hmm. I was saying sounded real because I was trying to make the accents unreal. If that, that makes sense. Is that, yeah. you know,
0: it does, make well, it does sense. sometimes when, you know, for at least a lot of people talk about, and for me, acting is so much about specificity absolutely, and yeah. focus. And if you have something really specific to That's focus right. on, it can help let a lot of that other stuff just float along yeah, with absolutely. it.
2: Absolutely. You know, it, yeah. It, it, you know, usually it, you approach a scene with, you know, okay, what am I doing? Right. What What is it that I need mm-hmm. here? And where am I coming from? And and what am I going mm-hmm. to? And so those those are the kind of the balls that you're juggling. And the words are the words, the words right on top of that. It doesn't yeah. matter what you're saying. You know, it, Um, you know, then you add in all the other elements, the, the wardrobe and the, and the, the makeup and the hair and the, and, and it, 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 you can just kind of drop in to this other world Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. And I love this fucking work we get to do, you know, it is
1: so cool. So did you become kind of, it's hard to say, you know, I think this is very hard to have perspective on, but did you become kind of a fan of the show or did you have a moment where you were watching the show and you thought, ah, I love this show.
2: Yeah. I I was a fan of the show, but it's hard for me to separate if it was you, because I was just, I was watching my friends work and I was rooting for everybody. And it was, so it was, it was, that was fun for me just to see, you know, my friends, you know, doing things and, and making choices and stuff. We, it seems where I wasn't yeah. there for I'm like, ah, oh, it's a great choice. Yeah. And the question I have sometimes I'm like, shit, I don't know if I could have, I could have done that. I don't know if I could have made that choice. I don't know if I could. And, and it was inspiring yeah. to me. Like, so I, I, I absolutely became a fan of the show in that sense where I was, it was just kind of watching my friends and cheering everybody on and, yeah. and being inspired, you know?
0: Well, can I ask then about, leaving early in a way you know like you came and had this amazing arc for Mm -hmm. season one and then had to kind of say goodbye and you know how did that feel I know it was early on so maybe it doesn't have quite the same hold on you I don't know it sounds like it did
2: yeah it sucked you know I left it and it was fine and it wasn't you know it was just a job I didn't know it was going to be as huge as it was I I I certainly was bummed kind of saying goodbye and leaving everybody, you know, Simon and Wayne and, you know, like uh,
0: yeah. the whole
2: crew and um, the cast. The and uh, yeah, it was, I was, and I adored working with Alan and he was so sweet and, and gracious to me on on multiple occasions outside of the work that we do um, for True Blood, yeah. uh, you know, and then the show became this, this big hit. And I was, I was stoked about it for, for everybody. And, uh, you know, then, I was asked to come back for an episode here or there uh, and I remember coming back and the cast had grown like tremendously and it was like the call (laughs) sheet was completely different and now you guys, you know, you guys were doing like 20 day episodes instead of the 10 day episodes (laughs) or whatever and it was, you had multiple units going all the time, it was just this big machine and I felt like the kid who, you know, used to go to this high school but then his dad... (laughs) you know my my family had to move yeah. you know and and so i went to another high school across the country for a little bit and then i was coming back to my old high school and right. everything was different you know what i mean like wow i kind of it felt like that for me like um but it was it was it was great seeing everybody again you know it, it was great to be on uh, i i missed it when i left but i i continued to watch it and that's not something that I that I wow. do usually, that's not routine, you know, but I, I would, I, w- I just felt such a connection to everybody on that show, you know, that I wanted to continue watching and find out what everybody was doing and, you know.
0: That's remarkable. Well, I'll let you know, because, you know, I sort of came in as you right, were leaving right. and so we didn't cross paths too much, but I remember a day, I'm not gonna remember when it was, which season, but when you must've been coming back, and your name was on the call sheet and all that stuff, so I knew you're there. And everyone was talking about, oh God, Mikey's back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here, be like, oh, I, can't, I have to I'll have to find him <laughs> like because it was like, it was it was less the kid who had been away from high school and more like BMOC back on campus. Everybody get ready, up your game. It had more of that feeling to it uh, from our side, at least my side. And this was, you know, you talk about it being True Blood being your first big thing. I mean, this was, (laughs) I had never done, I'd done a lot of weird theater and then True Blood. (laughs) So I was definitely feeling very green and very new and uh it was it was like Ooh, cool oh kid's my god
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how nice that is to hear Deb. like even all these <laughs> years later and I'm you know this old man now uh that's that's very kind of you to say thank you
0: yeah but I remember it's a big deal oh, it's definitely a big deal well thank you so much I mean this was such a pleasure to speak with you so and good to see uh, you you remembered far more and had incredible stories than you let on. So <laughs>
2: well, hopefully they're true.
0: Your memory was <laughs> not. a They don't need to be true. <laughs> they don't
2: need to be true. No. They don't
0: need to be true. No, we don't yeah. care.
2: Who's um, going to check? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, this was a blast. Thank you guys for you know asking me to do this.
0: It's been a real privilege watching your work through this first season because you know it's just, Kristen and I, or at least I will, I don't watch my own work. I have reasons why Same and lots here. of things, but it means I didn't really see much of the show. So watching it now, seeing your work, I think again, even knowing that Renee is going to be the killer in the end, watching it through, I like him yeah. so much. I know. <laughs> and, I'm Every time I'm like, no, maybe this time when I watch it, it'll be different. I know. <laughs> I was thinking
1: about that. Why do I root for it to be different?
0: I root for him. Well, I, it fun, because <laughs> it's because of Michael okay. Raymond James. Yeah, it's it because is. of the performance. It's because how honestly it's done, how mm-hmm. grounded it is. And so just really a pleasure to hear a little bit about how you came about. Oh, uh, You guys are awesome.
1: Very true.
2: You guys are awesome. Thank you so much.
0: I love talking with Mike. I mean, oh. he he's such an actors actor, I think. I know.
1: And at the same time like the realest, grittiest, funniest,
0: most charismatic. I oh. But I just, you know, thinking about those days and like just loves acting, loves being there, yes. loves the people, loves the opportunity. Oh, He's so funny every time. I yeah. mean,
1: it is amazing that I have a sense of who he is because we never had a scene together. Yeah. So it's really parties and conventions and and now to get to see him again. Oh
0: my God, yeah. I love
1: that we're doing this podcast.
0: Next week on Truest Blood, we wrap up season one. Can you believe it, Kristen? No, I cannot believe it, Deb. we made it we made it and it's been so amazing it's amazing uh we finish with episode 112 you'll be the death of me the season finale is all about second chances and new beginnings
1: and we can't think of anyone more perfect to round out the first season of this podcast than alan ball he oh. he envisioned this, he created this, he wrote mm-hmm. this, he directed this, he held everything together, and we are so lucky and delighted and grateful that we get to speak with him.
0: So thanks for listening, Trubies. Subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you next week.
1: Y'all come back now, you hear you.
0: Truest Blood is produced by Safe Haven for HBO Max. Executive producers are Janina Gavankar, Kristen Bauer, and Deborah Ann Wool. Our producer is Gabrielle Gallon, and our audio producer is Christopher Wool. Our theme song was recorded just for this podcast by Jace Everett. Additional music was composed by Timo Chen. And remember, you can watch all of the original episodes of True Blood on HBO Max.